Hey, hey, Cassandra, we're uh, we're about to record. You should sit down. Norman. Yes. What do your elf eyes see? Uh, um, our our mics. No, no. You're supposed to say they're taking the podcast to Isengard. We we've 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 been there all, several times yeah, but already. No, like for reals this time. <laughs> what do you, what do you what do you mean for reals this time? Well, you know the trees and the orcs and the 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 wizard and we're we're taking the podcast. To Isengard. Will there be stupid fat hobbits? Yes. Okay, I'm in. Oh, okay. That was easy. <laughs> I was. I had this whole sales pitch that you know there's potatoes, and you, you know, gotta boil them, <laughs> mash them, <laughs> stick them in a stew. There, there were also gonna be you know some crunchable horses. Um, we're back. <laughs> with season two, our yes. continuing coverage of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. This time we're talking about Two Towers. Join us on Dueling Genre every Monday through Friday to talk about Lord of the Rings one minute at a time. We're from Lord of the Rings Minute. Leave now and And never come back. No, please come back. (laughs) Dueling Genre. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze an RSVP to Spider-Man 2, one, <laughs> my back, minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. And I am Ray Russo. Welcome back. Welcome back, Ray. Welcome back to the back minute. The back, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> There's backs. Uh, today we're talking about... Minute 87, which starts with Peter jumping off the roof and shouting, I'm back. <laughs> and ends with John Jameson asking MJ if she wants to invite Peter, her photographer friend. <laughs> you know, the photographer. Yeah. Uh, so we're back into Stuntland, I guess. Uh, b- before things get hairy, we do have the like conclusion of this. The hair is not in this minute. <laughs> 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 We get the conclusion of the uh, the big approaching the edge shot from yesterday, where I gotta say, I still it still looks pretty real to me when somebody takes a leap there off the edge. Yeah. Um, uh, best best I can tell is that they had like a a wire rig or something and did this mm. with a stunt. I was about to um, say like maybe there was a harness involved. Like, yeah. And then they just yeah. uh, painted out the the wires or something, but it is a full-on sprint to the edge of a building and he leaps off of it um the, and there are birds the, yeah <laughs> there are birds and there's parallax from the camera moving and we can tell there's space there um from from what i did do a, a little bit of research on um i just um, love the idea that the birds are like there for moral support they're just like <laughs> we believe in you peter 
<laughs> Moral support this... pigeons. Yeah. Symbolic of rising from the ashes. Yay. <laughs> uh, um, that uh, of the of the doubles that Toby had on this movie, and he had several stunt doubles. Um, the main one was Chris Daniels, who's the one that we reference a lot, um, who's the main sort of Spidey double throughout this film. But there was also Zach Hudson and Sean Graham and a couple other doubles. My guess here is that this specific shot might be Eric Perkis, who is the only one uh, on the IMDb of this film who is specified as a Peter Parker double rather mm. than a Spider-Man double. Yeah. And um, what I what I found in, in looking up him up was that uh, he, <laughs> he ended up working on this film because while he was working at an art supply store in Chicago and he did comedy and improv on the side, he... Uh, he did a Tobey Maguire impersonation for somebody involved in the production who was visiting that uh, art supply store, and they thought his impersonation of Tobey Maguire and his overall look was was impressive enough that they invited him to an open call to see if he could get work as a double, and then they did hire him to be a, a photo double for this film uh, Ooh, as a double for Tobey. Nice. He didn't really do a lot of yeah, didn't really do a lot of other ones beyond that. Uh, I just <laughs> I just love the idea of like. <laughs> You want to see my Tobey Maguire impression? <laughs> yeah. I don't even, I don't know what a Tobey Maguire impression looks like. Like, what yeah, What do you like, do? What is that? You make those faces he was making in the last minute when he was jumping Oh, off. well, I can do that. I, I right. think that's why people think I look like Tobey Maguire. make those faces. I don't know. I just, I love that. And it, it honestly might just be that his hair matches so well that this is that we'll throw him in for the shot where there's no mask because otherwise we got to put a wig on people. Mm -hmm. um, and so if we have this one big shot following him with his hair out, we should try to get the person that looks the most like Toby for that. So that's what I think. Mm. I mean, oh, it makes, boy, yeah. makes as much sense as anything. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this, uh, gravity-defying cartoon fall is uh, the most Sam Raimi thing I think ever. <laughs> I feel like I'm watching Wiley e. Coyote. Honestly. Yes, yeah, I know. That's, yeah, that's what it says in my notes too. I just go, oh, it's full Wiley e. Coyote. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised he didn't leave like a dust cloud like behind <laughs> with a little like eek sign. Yeah. Look back. Pauses for a second, looks down, and then falls. <laughs> he tries to fly for a second. Like, he flaps his arms. Oh, no. <laughs> Who could have foreseen this? <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, the rig on that. Because the, the shot on Toby is definitely green screen. Uh, but I'm just trying to imagine, like, what is the physical setup like on the day where... Uh, all right, Toby, so just, you know, flail your arms like you're about to fall, and then we'll whip the camera up past you as you do begin to fall. So just time that uh, face for when we start to move the camera. Like, it must have just been so absurd to do this first falling and then the head first shot later. Um, I don't know, acting is so ridiculous when you just take, like, one step to the left and just observe it as mm -hmm. a behavior. Like, what? What are we doing? What? <laughs> I, I, it's so funny and you know people get really caught up in the craft and then yeah. the craft like it's not like doing a stage play you you have to take everything like one like everything has to be so specific 
yeah. when you're working in front of a camera that is just kind of like somehow I applaud everyone who, who acts in these films because <laughs> you have to do so much ridiculous stuff and the cameramen pop out at weird places and I yeah don't know. you have to commit to the absolutely absurd scenario you're in um <laughs> and and that, not just meaning like oh it's in a movie where absurd things happen like falling off buildings but literally the idea of like having a personal moment while there's a, a camera and like six dudes like a foot away from you like yeah. that's that's ridiculous like he's it's, it's I'm like, so weird <laughs> I haven't been in the acting world in a while, but it's hard enough to just, like, do a scene. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. to have to do the scene and, like, make sure your head is tilted at the exact right angle so that <laughs> the light doesn't hit you in a bad way. Right, yeah. Again, not like we're out there digging ditches or, you know, doing manual labor or something. It's not difficult in that sense. It's just hard to get the thing you're aiming at. I don't mean, right. like, it's actors have a pretty cushy job uh it's just really a weird one and yeah you have it's just weird (laughs) (laughs) uh so this um this bit where he grabs the laundry line and swings into the into the into the wall it's just like a nice i don't know they they found some really good ways to sort of recreate sequences from the first movie yeah yeah and this is uh where they don't they don't feel obvious like they feel i don't know earned i guess mm-hmm. um like you know you get that recreation of him crawling up the wall by having him crawl up the wall and fall off of it mm-hmm. uh you know and then you you have this bit where he's jumping across roofs you know like that scene of him like jumping across the roof you know that's that happened in the Ooh. first movie with the yeah. with the kids playing uh jump rope down mm-hmm. below as he's mm-hmm. you know woo yeah um and now here uh this is the tally ho thing (laughs) (laughs) only it's not webbing it's a laundry line yeah it's great um it's like full george of the jungle right there (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) only it's much wider than a tree so it's gonna be really hard to miss (laughs) watch out for that Uh, oh you can't oh yeah watch out (laughs) for that brick wall you're just gonna hit it you're gonna hit it oh there you go and now you did it (laughs) Oh, what did we learn? <laughs> the worst part of it, I think, it, maybe maybe it's the best part of it, honestly, is uh-huh. that he doesn't, he's not going to have a lot of, uh, like, he, he wouldn't have hit that wall very hard because there it's there's not a lot of um, swing area. So mm-hmm. he wouldn't have gone very far. Uh, right. You know, like half an alley into yeah. a wall. I mean, it could be worse. I, I still wouldn't want to do that because oh, he still no. had the momentum from falling down. Yeah, so yeah. Redirecting it a bit. Yeah, um, it's true. But it's not as bad as if if he had done the full like tally ho from far away, and he had like a lot of time to build up speed and then slam it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Oh god. I mean, it's cartoonish, yeah. but it's still fun. I think what I like about these little nods back to the original film is that the f- they usually happen as other things are occurring or in the flow of uh, a, a new narrative complication. Like here, the the main story is about him, you know, trying to do the thing and then still not having the powers back. Uh, we don't take a moment to wink at the tally-ho bit. It just happens as, as mm-hmm. we're yeah. going along. It's not where the movie, like, kind of grinds to a halt and somebody turns and, like, says, 
we'll always be friends, right, Captain Hook? You know, it doesn't. It's not that. It's just. Sorry, that's it's it's not it's not him. It's not him uh, desperately trying to get away while saying to himself, "I hate those things." Yes. No, it's just incidentally as it's going, you're just like, oh yeah, that's like, oh, but we're, now I'm going to be focused on his back. So I'm not, we're not luxuriating in that moment. We're just nodding to it. Right. Um, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. Right. Um, and then he, <laughs> he, uh, it's the fact that he lands upside down on one car and then bounces <sighs> off of bounces another car. Oh, <sighs> human ping pong ball or yeah. Uh, yeah. pinball. Yeah. Pinball. Human pinball. Yeah. It's uh, rough. It like, I mean, I had like sympathetic back pain watching this. <laughs> totally, yeah. yeah. It's not even though it's it's not even the landing. Like the landing is definitely rough, but the thing that gets me is when he says "my back" and then tries to straighten, and you hear <gasps> the and he's like, "oh my back!" Like second like, one, yeah. <sighs> it just knocks his, the wind out of him because it's so <gasps> painful. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> that's. Oh, it's, uh, it's, yeah. The thing with any injury where you're like, oh, is this that bad? And you go to test it and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no. No. And the, be- the best part of this of this whole gag is that it it gets the biggest laugh, I think, in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, oh, sure. Is, yeah. is this moment. Uh, I mean, and they knew it. That's why they let it drag out for so long because they know people need to laugh for a while. <laughs> yeah. um, that's... <laughs> and then you get the added beat of him touching the car and the alarm going off. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing that made that so funny to me was when he fell, I was like, a car alarm should have gone off. Like some of this. So I was like, why didn't a car alarm go off? Okay, I guess we're not doing that. And then as he's walking away and lightly touches another car, I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right, that's where it is. I love that. The perfect amount of silly, the perfect yeah. amount of dumb. I just, it, it gives me such joy. And like, I, I appreciate Toby's ability to kind of uh, poke fun at himself a little bit by tapping into his Seabiscuit sense memory here. Like, Yeah, uh, I mean, well, it's not even, I mean, it's literally, that's what I was getting at earlier um, mm-hmm. a, a second ago is like, it's a joke that it's the best joke in the movie and it still works to this day. Mm-hmm. But- at the time, the reason this was so funny was that it was a joke about him almost getting recast because of his sea biscuit back exactly. injury. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> this is an in joke. Like this is him, you know, Sam and Toby. You know, Sam poking fun at him and Toby poking fun at himself for the fact that he almost didn't play Spider-Man in this movie because he was his back injury. <laughs> <laughs> the slow, the slow shuffle walk and the. The glasses oh, in the hand. I, it's it's um, on a nigh perfect movie moment. This thing it is just outlandish. Um, <laughs> the it wig on this stunt me. guy not as good as the uh, photo double Parker from the other day. He tries to look up to see how far he fell, and that's what hurts his back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> with that like. Sound like the oh, <laughs> oh man, oh god. See, this is the thing about an older Peter Parker. I worry very much about his back right now. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's really only like a five to seven year period where you don't worry as much about Peter. Like <laughs> you worry about him when he's a little child and, and then yeah. when he's if it older. If Tom Holland, I wouldn't be too worried. I'm like, hey, you're rubber. You're young. You're made of rubber. You'll bounce right back. But <laughs> sure. Yeah. This I'm like, oh, are you going to have to go to a chiropractor? Do you need yeah. physical therapy? What's you going to be okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, this this is just further proof that Peter has his powers. He just can't tap into them because uh, that would kill you. That would, kill that you. would definitely <laughs> kill you. You would be dead. Yeah, one hundred percent. You'd be dead. You'd just be oh, just like a bruised mass of flesh and bone on the <laughs> ground. I, Not I good. Bar- I barely understand how the stuntman survived because like, okay, <laughs> clearly they didn't drop him from that high, like probably just right above frame to land on the first car. And they add some extra dust to the roof of the blue car to make the hit seem harder. But there's no way to fake falling from the first car to the second one. And like he hits that Ford Focus so hard that it like rattles around. <laughs> like it is such a, I'm sure they had, you know, a, um, the there's like, kind of like armor padding type stuff that goes underneath your clothes when you're doing stunts like this um to help his spine when he hits it there but boy he just like the g-force alone when he slams into that car i i don't (laughs) in good conscience know how somebody Uh, is not hurt after that and the little like the leg move as he's trying to get up oh man the leg that (laughs) like just a straight up like you know professional wrestling move like (laughs) yes Oh uh, god, I can't. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, oh no. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. It really um is. I uh I just this whole walk of shame is oh, it's the greatest thing. <laughs> it's one of those things like god, I'm glad nobody saw that. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's just New York continues to walk by un- unaffected and the steam rises and whatnot. And you're like, god, I'm yeah, over here no in my own personal is. hell. Oh my god. In a city of eight million people, I'm alone in my shame. <laughs> um, oh, poor Peter. My back. My back. Oh my back. And what, <laughs> and what we transition to doesn't make me feel any better for him. Oh no. certainly not. Yeah. Well it's what you get, Peter. I mean, come on. Uh like, you're not going to get an invite to the wedding. Um, mm-hmm. When we do, when we cut to this opening of the invitations. Um, RSVPs. RSVPs. Okay. Yes. Because I was yeah. going to say. I was like, if it, invitations, she wouldn't be opening invitations. She'd be yeah, stuffing yeah. invitations. <laughs> like breaking the seal on the, like, I already, I already did these, but I just want to check that it's really in there. So <laughs> do them all over again. Type thing. Um, yeah. So the, <laughs> The RSVP deadline is April 26th, which seems to finally solidify our timeline in a more concrete way because we knew from the season opener of the, um, what do you call them, Yankees, uh, on the Daily Bugle and from a couple other indications that it was probably spring. And this is the first time we've seen a date date and time, right? Besides there was a newspaper? Yeah. So we have corroboration Mm -hmm. on early early spring-ish. so it Here. seems that this movie takes pl- place over the course of about a month, which feels correct. Yeah, yeah, I buy that. Um, it's yeah. not too, not too bad. Um, 
from I I don't know about you guys, but when I saw this movie the first few times, when she opens these RSVPs, RSVPs, jeez, uh, the first few times I saw it, I thought it said Aunt May because it's sort of a quick shot and it says Aunt and there's like a little uh, there, um, it says Aunt Ida instead. But I loved the idea of MJ inviting her old buddy May to, to the the thing and just cutting Peter out entirely. Like, I respect the spite. I feel like if she doesn't invite Aunt May, that's kind of a slap in the face, to be honest. Yeah, because, yeah, we know that she's close with Aunt May. Um, They, like, coordinate surprise birthday parties for Peter together and probably touch base more often than she sees Peter herself. That that was, like, her her close, nice, you know, parent figure in the in the first film they have that whole bit where she like explicitly apologizes just to aunt may for like quote-unquote having to leave thanksgiving or ruining it whatever clearly uh norman and harry ruined it but like that she thinks of may before she thinks of most other people in her like neighborhood unit um yeah i Mm -hmm. yeah so i thought that was aunt may's invitation at every time when this pops up but it's ida i don't know it it should have been because it would have been so satisfying to see aunt may at the wedding scene when she runs away and aunt may <gasps> being the only person who knows where she's going oh like oh, that would have been boy. so satisfying like you just cut to may and she just like a little smile flashes across yeah. her face oh that's good oh yeah it wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't be a week on spider-man minute if scott didn't say one thing that i now desperately need to have in the movie that i'll never get yeah <laughs> isn't that That's every conversation excellent. with scott <laughs> well, yeah most of us <laughs> just don't uh, want to put the pressure on him yeah <laughs> i want to know uh i want to change the subject off of me and talk about <laughs> this apartment um who whose place is this is this mj's place or is this john's place um Either MJ's got a substantial upgrade since we first saw her, or I think it's John's place. But it doesn't okay. seem very Johnish. Yeah, it does, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem masculine enough for like a macho astronaut. Like it just yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's got her face on a billboard, so maybe some good money came in with that. Yeah. Ah, but I mean I mean if you look at the walls, the walls look like crap. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really just like the like she's just niced up the place. Mm, yeah, yeah. It could conceivably be the same type of place she was in before. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Ray, did, didn't you live in New York for a while? Like, I mean, this seems like a pretty large apartment by New York standards. I mean, that we don't see a yes. of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would. I cannot fathom what it would cost. <laughs> this, is, uh, <laughs> this is friends even, level huge. Yeah, yeah. Even like 15 years ago, however, like still expensive, especially if it's Manhattan. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe John's Queens. got an apartment. Yeah, in like a more outer borough that's a bit more luxurious. Or how much you get paid for being is... an astronaut? <laughs> I don't know. Be a lot. Yeah, I would. I would think a lot. I would not. Uh, here's, I would here's not my go question. up to space for <laughs> cheap. Here's my question: As an astronaut, you go on a space mission. Is it like being president, where like you do the mission and then when you're back, you're just paid forever? 
Maybe. Like, when it's over, you're I just like, know. well, now we're just going to pay you forever because you did that one really dangerous thing that no one else can do. Yeah. Or, I've or never do really you... considered how astronauts get paid. I know. I never have either. <laughs> I just thought of it. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait, how does this work? Somebody call an astronaut. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Captain Chris, whoever on this. Can, um, you, I... can you break down your paycheck for me, please? <laughs> um, what are your taxes like every year? Um <laughs> Yeah, I. If I, there are any listeners who are astronauts, please let us know. Yeah, um, I think I, I love kind the of idea of someone listening to this in space. Oh my god! Yeah, one, well, <laughs> like on the ISS, just like every morning while they like, yeah, I don't know, take vital stat. I don't know what astronauts do. Uh, yeah, and, they, and they drink got, their they they drink their coffee in the little tube or whatever. Yeah, and they've got yeah. our our little doofus voices like keeping them company, and they're like, "Oh, I wonder what Scott and Zach are going to say about this minute." Uh, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, I always kind of assumed that astronauts like it had other responsibilities to NASA beyond like the missions themselves. Like that, like for most of the year, they're like research scientists, and then on specific occasions, they do piloty things i can't mm. tell if the longer i say this the more reasonable or less reasonable it sounds you like, know I, the thing is you have to have like a strong science background to for sure. be an astronaut Definitely. so for sure. i assume that they are working scientists at other times yeah but you also have to be like a perfect specimen like like human jock physical person. health yeah physical yeah. health you know all that there, there are, there are, uh, there are very, very few jock science nerds. Like there's just, there's yeah. very few, <laughs> and that's why astronauts are so far and few between. Um, I mean, he played football on the moon. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I also have questions about um, John's choice of jeans, uh, uh, which oh. appear. <laughs> They appear to be Jinkos. Like, they're just so <laughs> huge and baggy. Um, and he is sprawled out on that couch. I mean, it really just looks like he's, like, trying to seduce MJ. Um, yeah. it's He's lounging it's like, like a, a Michelangelo. In Jinkos. Yeah. yeah, in Jinkos. <laughs> you know, the Jinko lounge. Uh, yeah. it, maybe he's he got a shirt there. that says NASA on it. <laughs> Such a, a goober. Uh, maybe he <laughs> was up there for so long that he had no awareness of like like modern uh, fashion. Anything. Oh like, yeah. I don't yeah. know. The early two thousands were not a beacon of fashion. I'm Tr- just true. saying. True. <laughs> true. It's true. I was in high school. I know. Oh uh, yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe Peter's the one with like horrendously outdated wardrobe and like these jeans are like this was cool. Uh, in. Yeah, I certainly didn't know it was cool in two thousand four. You kidding me? Uh, I don't. I don't remember Jinkos ever being actually cool. People thought they were cool. Mm, I was yeah. one of those people. I wore them. Yeah, um, there's like a slight countercultural vibe to them. Like, yeah, yeah our our jeans will be the size well, of elephants. Yeah. Well, the thing yeah. the thing that was great about Jinko jeans is that you could have like the big baggy pants, but they didn't. You didn't like hang them past your butt. Like you just wore them like yeah. normal jeans. They were mm. just built to be ridiculously <laughs> baggy. Um. Well, in two thousand four, I was wearing like bondage pants that you would find at Hot Topic, mm. and right. I can't like I am me. I cannot pull off that like brooding, you know, tough person look. <laughs> I, 
I just happened to get all the chains caught on my chairs at school. So I would like just like stand up and fall and trip and get caught on things. I think that's what I think that is what's missing from the dance, the emo dance sequences in Spider-Man three bondage (laughs) pants that get caught on stuff. That's Oh, that's good. For our, our Generation Z listeners, uh, you know that feeling when like your your uh, earbuds from your um, you know from your iPhone get like caught on a doorknob or something. Like, <laughs> imagine your pants were designed to do that in and of themselves, regardless. <laughs> They're with, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, I definitely got my uh, my my wallet chain caught on things oh, uh, all sure. the time. Yeah, um, good old, oh, good old. God, I remember those. Yeah, good old wallet chain hanging off my Jinko <sighs> jeans with my, with my Vans that were like three sizes too big. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. This guy knows what I'm talking about, right, John? <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. He's living the dream on in his uh, fancy. Are, I can see it now. <laughs> Those are those are luxur- luxurious jeans. Like those, yeah. like it's no wonder he's wearing jeans. Like those are like pajama bottom jeans. Those are so. <laughs> those are just so luxurious. Oh my god. Yeah. Also, like okay, if you're an astronaut, you're probably wearing a ton of equipment while you're up there. Uh-huh. Like it must be nice to have something roomy and like comfortable to wear once you're on solid ground that's very yeah true. yeah it's rebellion against uh you know these are his his hiatus space months suits. yeah yeah rebellion against spacesuits <laughs> rebellion against spacesuits <laughs> he just the ship that he's in lands and the press like meet him like on the runway and they're just like what are you gonna do first he's like i'm gonna go home i'm gonna put on my jinkos <laughs> 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 do a bunch of lounging in my apartment uh, redecorate <laughs> you're a photography friend uh, uh peter park um i Daniel i love Gilly. that he wants to invite him it's he's such a good dude <laughs> he is yeah he's a great guy <laughs> it's we can't we can't be on his side because of the narrative, but like in general, I very much am. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I really I really appreciate when a, a film goes out of the way for like you know Plan B guy. Yeah, to you know he's not bad. He's gonna be okay. I like him. Mm-hmm. Kind of sucks. Yeah, sucks to be him. It's so easy to make them someone the audience doesn't want to like. Right. Yeah, but and we talked mm. about this a lot in Countdown to Infinity. They they doing this a lot where it's just like, oh, mm. you're not bad, dude. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, yep. I appreciate that. Like, uh, a- what was Betty Ross, her boyfriend in oh. Incredible Hulk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. The his, modern his, family like, guy. Pl- her Plan B guy was like really cool and stood up to the general oh. and filled in Ant Man too. The uh, um. Bobby Cannavale is right. like a, a pretty solid. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was the other one. He was, yeah, yeah. It just works a lot better than first. like the cackling, like jerk off uh, type of thing. Totally, and I'm exactly. sure I'm sure Donald Blake was great too, but we never met him in Thor. So. <laughs> it just kind of feeds into the whole like nice guy narrative, which like, oh, she's dating a jerk. This guy is nice, therefore he should get the girl. And I'm like. 
being a nice dude is just being a common, like, decent human being thing. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't... That's you, entry-level you, you stuff, get, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feminism 101, go back to it. Yeah. Um, no, but I appreciated that, like, even when the the movie does lean a little a little bit in the direction of, like, well, they're fated to be together or whatever, or, uh, or when, like, earlier in the film, I was really having a harder time dealing with Peter's... Um, pig-headedness about getting that he can't insert himself into his life again i do like that it at least for the most part is focusing on the idea of people being right for each other or being in the right times in their lives for people and not this guy's evil this guy's good therefore right yeah. he gets the girl because he's good. well because it just makes the it just makes the woman look stupid like that's yeah. The yeah. problem with it is like it makes her look stupid. Whereas this is just like, yeah, no, he's a great guy. He's probably just a little boring for her. Yeah, you yeah. know, and there's he will nothing be perfect wrong for with someone. That. Yeah, right. He will totally. be perfect for one of her friends, maybe Louise, to get right. set up with. You know, yeah, Louise or or set her set him up with uh with with Betty over at the bugle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, get him hooked up with Elizabeth Banks. Lord knows that his dad would like her, so... <laughs> yeah, right. But you know what? Peter wasn't there for her, and she deserved to be happy. Yeah, you know? yeah. 100%. Even if she would have been happier with Peter, he wasn't. A, he was not emotionally available to her, and you can't fault her. Right. She, she, yeah, she made the right to... call in moving on. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I... I'm no, so our our our, uh, <laughs> our theme this this season with this movie is just like MJ is in the right. Like MJ's <laughs> right about everything. Yeah. Yeah. She's Go had Tina. to deal with so much nonsense, and she's just like, "No, I'm not gonna." Yeah, you, you're too late, bud. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. He's been too late for everything in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Starting with the pizzas. Starting with the pizzas. Uh, but you know, look. At the end of the day, John's a little late too. Uh, a little late to be wearing those jeans. So <laughs> <laughs> nobody's perfect. Um. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, uh, all right. Well, uh, Ray, why don't you tell people uh, one more time where they can find you? All right. You can find me over at the blog SuperpowersSoldSeparately.com. Uh, kind of a new adventure for me. It's a blog all about fandom and fitness and my whole shtick gimmick. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, it's channeling people's passion in sci-fi, fantasy, comic books, whatever it is, to um, as motivation to be your own superhero and use that to lead a healthy, fit lifestyle. Uh, you can find me at my personal Instagram account at higher, further, faster, more. Uh, there's a period in between each of those. And I'm also a host on the podcast Countdown to Infinity where we recapped the Marvel Cinematic Universe from Iron Man to Infinity War. Uh, You can hear Scott and Zach as guests hosts on a couple of our episodes. And yeah, that's me. Come find me. All right. And uh, you will find us back here tomorrow. But uh, in the meantime, go to duelinggenre.com slash merch and check out our Public store. Uh, anything you buy off of T Public through that link, we get a little cut of. Uh, T Public gives us a little little nip off the top, so uh, doesn't doesn't cost you guys anything more, but it does help us out a lot. 
so go check that out. See if there's any t-shirts that you want to get um, or uh, what have you. Any kind of, uh, I don't know, coffee mugs, whatever they got over there at Public. Go check it out. DuelingGenre.com slash merch. And we will be back tomorrow with Minute 88. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.